my, my parents say it, it turned out to be a more expensive uh, graduation present than they thought because obviously it's led to all the all the travel stuff I do now. Now I've been to a lot of countries now and started a whole business out of it. So just really, really loved it. Um, met a lot of great people on that trip. It just, it really motivated me. I was like, you know what? Life is too short. Obviously we see that with this pandemic, like nothing is guaranteed. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Now's the time to do this if I want to make it happen. Tangier, Morocco. Perfect view, like early in the morning, watching the sunrise over the water, over the Mediterranean, just sipping on some coffee. That was, that was pretty amazing. <laughs> I, I always say my, my number one is, is probably New Zealand. Yeah, I loved it down there. I think I spent about 10 days there. Got to travel most of the country and just absolutely fell in love with it. Welcome to the Winging It Travel podcast with me, James Hammond, where every Monday I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, traveler, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you. This is a casual, informative podcast designed for you to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Let's get into the episode. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode, where I'm joined by Kyle Rasmussen from the Our Travel Experiences podcast. Kyle is an avid traveller, having travelled to around 30 countries since he graduated in 2014, and he's nearly travelled to every state in the US. Kyle has recently released a book called Travel Tips, a 20-something comprehensive guide for travelling in the modern world. So we're going to talk about all that today. Kyle, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and be on this side of the, the podcast table uh, for once. <laughs> yeah, it's great to have you. We've both got our coffees on the go as it's slightly early for a podcast. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're doing this because uh my disorganization but how are you doing and where are you based right now um yeah i'm, I'm doing awesome uh, like i said excited to be here um i'm currently based out of yakima washington uh in basically central washington state oh you're pretty close i didn't realize that yeah yeah not too far away yeah just over the border oh, all right fair enough yeah yeah I'm looking forward to visiting Washington late in the summer. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, August, September, perfect time to be here. Got it. Okay. Does it rain a lot like here? Where I'm at, it doesn't rain uh, too much. Um, in Seattle, it, it does rain uh, quite a bit. Um, but there's the Cascade Mountain Range that mm. basically cuts the state in half. Um, yeah. And so that kind of creates a, a rain shadow on the east side where I'm at. Lucky. Lucky guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we, we did just have a... I want to say like two days ago, we had this crazy thunder and lightning storm um, in the middle of the night. It was it was pretty wild. Oh, uh, yeah, because we're going east today. That's why we're doing this early, because we're driving basically across Canada, but it starts today. We're, we're only going four and a half hours east, but that goes to the Soyuz area, if you know Soyuz, mm -hmm. which is over the border. Mm -hmm. And down there, there's been like huge thunderstorms. So that kind of correlates to where you are, right, roughly. Yeah, yeah. Same, uh, same kind of like geographic yeah. area i guess should be interesting to see what's in store but yeah. great weather <laughs> i think today so we'll see. Ah, there you go <laughs> so we're going to talk um sort of three parts in this episode gonna dive into early life and travels to see how travel came into your life 
and what it was like as a kid. And then we're going to go into modern travel, so as an adult, and then we're going to finish on your podcast, your book, and also blogging, website, and social media. So that's the three-pronged attack. And my first question is going to be, where did you grow up, and was travel part of your life early doors? Yeah, yeah. So I I did grow up in Washington, in Yakima. Um, So this is my hometown. Travel really was a huge part of our life growing up really vividly remember going to uh you know california many times we went to oregon we would travel around washington for sports um i remember we went to nevada a couple times for for sports and different things yeah Uh, we visited family in california um we would always take a road trip to uh, wyoming every year Uh, because our family uh hunts yeah, just the, so many, so many memories traveling together as a family, going to Disneyland, Hawaii, all those sorts of things. Um, those are very like some of my favorite memories as a kid. So it, it really from a young age, it was the travel was a big part of my life. And that was like local as in, but like US travel. Yeah, yeah, we really, I would say like Denver, Colorado was probably the farthest we went away from from Washington State. Um, I guess we we did go to Hawaii once, um, but most of the travel was around Washington, um, Oregon, California, um, in those areas. God, I mean, what an area to travel in. <laughs> like some people dream yeah. of that. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. <laughs> yeah, right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, it was great. That whole West Coast just seems magical. We just can't miss it out. So it's like the one yeah. thing we are doing in the US because San Diego up to Vancouver would be an awesome little yeah. trip up that that's an amazing uh road trip i mean i've i went to school in san diego um and so i've made the drive from san diego back up to washington and back and forth many Mm. times uh there's so many beautiful things to see along the way i think there's like if you kind of go a little bit out of the way there's like uh 10 national parks that you could visit along the way well i guess the obvious ones right yosemite and stuff like that zion i guess is one all those yeah, you got Yosemite, Channel Islands are out there, Lassen Volcanic National Park, Mount Rainier, the North North Cascades, if you're going up oh. to Vancouver, yeah, not, yeah. Too, not too far out of the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's a bunch. Oh, one area. Death Valley. Of course. Yeah, Death Valley. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sensational area. So I guess I, you caught lucky, right, to grow up in that area to, to experience all that? Because I guess if you lived in the middle of the US, I don't know, Kansas... I mean, Kansas State has obviously got its own stuff, but like, mm-hmm. they might dream of going to like the West Coast or even the East Coast to see that different type of geography from like South to North. But I guess it's quite far for them to do that. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, we'll, we'll probably get more into this, but um, I think it really took me moving away and, and traveling to all these places around the world and the rest of the US to to really appreciate what we had here mm-hmm. in Washington State. I, I wanted nothing more than to get out of Washington and, and go go elsewhere, anywhere else I could. Yeah. And uh, and then, you know, after years of traveling, I'm like, you know, there's so much here. It's very it's very beautiful. And it's a it's a very great place to live. There's so much here that we can do and see. Yeah, that's fantastic. San Diego, you said a little bit different to where you're from. Must be a little bit. San Diego is yeah, on the beach. And... Different. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. After I graduated from high school, I went to San Diego State for college, and I, I I really was like I wanted to get out. I wanted to never come back to my hometown, and I we had taken a trip like a couple of years before to San Diego because we have family in the area, 
and I just fell in love with it. I mean, it's mm. 75 degrees every day. It's sunny. You got the beach. The mountains are close by. <laughs> it was a big city, which uh, was something that I w- was interested in. Yeah. Because um, Yakima is a, a smaller town. And so I was like, yep, I'm in. This looks amazing. Um, and so, yeah, I went to San Diego State and uh, I really, really enjoyed that. I think being there, uh, one, away from family, but also in a different part of the country that had, you know, different uh, places around it compared to where I was was from. Mm-hmm. Um, had a lot of opportunities at, in college uh, to travel. And it was really, I, I really am happy and uh, content with with the decision that I made to go there. Um, I think it really helped me get to see the world. Right. And what did you study in uh, San Diego? Yeah. So I, um, I I ended up getting a degree in financial planning um, and, and then I got a minor in international studies. Yeah. I, I originally started as a hospitality major and it found out very quickly that that wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was interested in travel, but uh, not interested in, in doing the hospitality route. So yeah. I very quickly switched to financial planning and graduated with that. So let's get into your travel mind. When you finished high school before university, was travel prevalent or was it just like the next thing is university? That's your goal. That's your where your mind is going? Yeah, that's a good question. Like I said, you know, we we had been traveling a lot in the sort of immediate area um, in the Western US. And uh, when I graduated from high school, I had the opportunity. um, It was sort of a graduation present uh, from my family, but also it was something that our my my French teacher in high school offered um, some students uh, to go on this trip. And so um, I got to go with my cousin who graduated with me and then um, two other people in our French class and, in my senior year of high school. And we got to go with our French teacher uh, to, we went to Switzerland, Italy, uh, Monaco, France, and Spain. Um, it was like a 10 or 11 day trip. Wow. Um, so that was my first time going out of the country. And, yeah, yeah. and that really... I already love travel mm. um, and was very like, I want to keep traveling and, and doing all of that. But then going internationally for the first time, I was like, oh my gosh, there is so much more out here to see and do. Yeah. And your French teacher can speak pretty much in most of those countries, I'd imagine. So that's, that helps as well. Yeah. Yeah, it, it helps. And we had a, we ended up meeting with a, like a bigger group of people. So there's, there's probably, I want to say maybe like 20 high mm. school age kids from around the US who met up in Switzerland and then we all went on the trip together. And so then we had a trip leader who I believe was from Germany. Yeah. Um, and he he led us around on the trip as well. So yeah, it was it was really awesome. I mean, we met people from all over the US because of that. And then we got to meet a lot of people from many different countries too. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause you've got some international travel in quite early there. It's a good head start. Um, my parents say it, it turned out to be a more expensive uh, graduation present than they thought because obviously it's led to all the all the travel stuff I do now. I've now I've been to a lot of countries now and started a whole business out of it. So yeah, I mean it's expensive in terms of money. Yeah, inexpensive in terms of experience. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything. Absolutely. Okay, so then you went to obviously at university, and then did you travel? in and amongst university because I guess you get, you get quite a few uh, months off a year and also you could probably work as well. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, yeah, I came back from that that trip and then went uh, into university. I, it was my freshman year of, of college, of university. 
um, over spring break. So it would have been end of March, 2015. I, I didn't want to do the whole like spring break party thing. That's not, that's not me. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really want to go home either. <laughs> and so I was like, Hey, mom and dad, um, there's this opportunity to go teach English over spring break in another country. Um, what do you guys say to me possibly doing that? Luckily enough, they were they were willing and, and supportive of it. And so I got to spend um, about 10 days uh, traveling through Guatemala. And we taught English for, I think, five of those days um, mm -hmm. up in Chichi Castanago in the mountains of Western Guatemala. And uh, that was that was a very rewarding experience. It, it was sad to see just how little they had there. Yeah. Um, I mean, they had basically nothing like the school was just a hodgepodge of of different things. And we got to tour uh, a family's house that really was just one big room that like 10 people slept in. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was it was really, really impactful. And then to see the smile on their faces when we when we were teaching them um, and we brought school supplies to them and they were just so happy. They kicked my ass in soccer a lot. Oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> Even yeah. the little kids. <laughs> <laughs> I'd expect uh, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was it was so much fun, so rewarding, and that that really changed my life. I I was like, I feel like I have a responsibility to travel and to share these experiences with the world and and help make the world a better place through through my traveling and sharing it with others, and hopefully, you know, helping the lives of everyone I meet along the way. Yeah, that's a good mantra to have because I think it's important to share what you experience because people need to hear that because it's full of negativity. A lot of the news yeah. or even me, any media really, even like social media, you, you get opposite ends of, you know, countries that have a bad rap. So very important to share those um, experiences that you have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you get little tidbits uh, from social media or the news or whatever. Um, usually a lot of times it's negative um, or sometimes, you know, even, uh, you know, people will make it look even way better than it is too. Yeah. Um, that's definitely been more and more uh, these days, I feel like, but I think until you really go to a place and, and get immersed in that culture, you're never really going to fully understand what it's like. But, you know, I, honestly, like through my travels, I, I feel that, you know, most people just want to want to live their lives, be happy. And, you know, no one's trying to do anything too crazy, but yeah, yeah. Um, people just want to be happy. And, and uh, if you come in and you're, you know, you're friendly, you're nice, you're, you're trying to to learn and understand and be respectful, uh, you're you're going to get that reciprocated to you. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's underrated uh, and people don't realize that anywhere you go. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. At this time though, you must've be thinking about, well, okay, I'm going to graduate soon and you probably, I'd imagine want to travel more. So yeah. how are you starting <laughs> to maybe plan a life or maybe more short term, how can I go and see more countries? What are you starting to do in terms of getting that done? Yeah. So I guess I should continue with, um, with the travels in, in university um because that oh, yeah. that led to more and more um so that, that was my freshman year and then i think uh like the next year so like spring 2016 i studied abroad for a semester in sydney australia which was amazing oh, yeah. mm -hmm. um that provided opportunities to go through i got to go through southeast asia for a couple of weeks um got to go to fiji new zealand mm -hmm. um explore a lot of australia uh, it was a blast and i did a, a i did a research project while i was there um which was really interesting i want to say it probably would have been like early late 
2016, early 2017, I got to do two weeks um, over uh, Christmas break or winter break uh, to do basically like a cross-cultural study. Uh, we did one week in Estonia and one nice. week in Russia, yeah, uh, which was incredible, uh, especially being in the winter time over there. It was magical. Mm. Uh, but that was really fascinating to learn about relationships between those two countries. Yeah, I think that was all the international travel I got to do. But then I also got to I had a lot of opportunities on the various breaks that we had to the travel, you know, to Arizona, to different national parks in California. Yeah. Um, around, you know, around that southern southwest uh, U.S. And then I got to do a, a class one semester in Tijuana, Mexico, um, okay. where we got to explore different parts of of the city and different aspects of it. So we got to get to meet a lot of different people and learn what it's like mm. being a border town. Uh, from the Mexican point of view, yeah, um, which was really interesting. So, all all of those really, I guess, started shaping my my love for travel more and more, and kind of opened my eyes to more opportunities as I, you know, progressed into adulthood as well. Yeah, and interestingly, I want to know how did you find Australia from an American perspective? Because we always are quite intrigued by this. I think from the UK because we see obviously US as like big little brother whichever way you want to term it yeah but australia seems a bit more recent you know the whole story about us sending convicts over there and now mm. it's a oh, I, I don't want to say a better country but it's doing really well and people love going to australia because it's hot great economy a lot of space but like mm. what's the relationship between americans and australians what how did you find it as a american yeah that's a good question I, honestly i feel like australia is like the fun uncle uh, <laughs> of, of America and the UK like it is so remote from the rest of the world I feel like I mean it is a long ways from everything yeah. um, and I think that provides them with kind of a different mentality uh, on the world relationships between the US and Australia are, are awesome and yeah it's just it's so hard to get there and get back from there so a lot of people don't necessarily visit it mm. very often from the US uh, but I, I loved it down there. Uh, the Australian people are great. Uh, they're a blast, uh, especially if you get them drinking. It's uh, <laughs> it's always yeah, a good hard. time. <laughs> <laughs> I also I didn't realize how uh, how diverse it is down there. Oh yeah. Um, especially in the bigger cities, I was mm. like, wow, there's you know so many people from so many different backgrounds here. And also on my travels, I've realized that Australians love to travel. I think they they're do. like required to. Yeah. Uh, like a month out of the year or something. So you, you'll always meet an Australian abroad. <laughs> yeah, I love it down there. Yeah, Australians are very much, and same as New, New Zealand Kiwis, they're very much encouraged to get out there. I think as part of their growing up process in maybe school, university, yeah. it's always known as like the big thing to go and do once you've done your university degree. Where UK, yeah. it kind of is, but not as obvious, I don't think. But you have Europe on the door, so that's pretty close. But like you say, Australia yeah. is just, I mean, apart from New Zealand down the road, I mean, there's nothing else. Uh, it is, yeah. a, it is a huge flight away. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, I, and I don't think people, until you get there, I don't think you realize how big Australia actually is. <sighs> huge. Even just traveling in different parts of the country, it's it's a long ways to get to city to city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much got to fly. You can road trip it. That'd be a pretty cool road trip. Like, a lot of people yeah. do do that. Um, yeah. But uh, that's you need some serious. Uh, time because you can't rush that because it's too big and also some money because it's not a cheap place to be mm -hmm. yeah i do know uh 
when, when I was there, um, I got to meet a lot of um, expats and people that were on, on working visas down there. Um, the pay is really good down there for, for foreigners. Yeah. Um, they, they do make pretty good money, even like bartending or, you know, being a barista or something like that. You can make really good money and, and get a lot of uh, travel uh, during your time there. Yeah, we kind of discussed this when I was there on a work visa about how unfair it is. Because if you are Australian and you're 16 and you want to get a job just working in a cafe or just like maybe in a shop or just like a little office mm. job, you're still going to get 20 $25 an hour Australian dollars. I'm like, yeah. imagine having that at that age. <laughs> and if you're like sensible and you save it, no wonder they can travel. Because by the time they get to yeah. 21 after university and they've saved for five years, they can go for a couple of years. Uh, it's, mm -hmm. just, it's just incredible how much you can earn from an early age there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's huge. Um, you know, it gives it gives them a lot of opportunities, like you said. Yeah. Also, I would probably travel a lot if I if I was Australian and, and lived there because <laughs> uh, literally everything can kill you down there. <laughs> um, so yeah. I think sometimes it's nice to get away and not have to worry about dying every second of your day. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. I think here is. Um, annoying with the bears right? you can't just yeah. <laughs> casually go for a walk sometimes oh, make sure there's bear spray or whatever but yeah Australia has all those things although I never saw anything in a year I think it's blown out of proportion a little bit um, but it is there like snakes and yeah. spiders and sharks I remember uh, in my in my apartment that I stayed in in like downtown Sydney the way our like apartment worked you could see one of the walls from my bedroom I could see another wall that was outside of our like little patio area and I remember one night looking out that window and seeing this giant cockroach. It was probably this long, uh, just hanging out on the wall. And I was like, wow, you don't see that in America. <laughs> no. Yeah, we, we had a cockroach in our room in Kathmandu this year. And uh, I was like, what the hell do we do about that? That's huge. It's like that. And this guy just walked past our room and he just flipped it out with his like a piece <laughs> of paper. But I, I couldn't deal with it. It's, uh, it's too, too much. Cockroaches, no. No, I can deal with no. some stuff, but not them. Yeah, not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you got a lot of traveling from high school to university and then around university. So you graduated from university. Are you then thinking of a like a semi-long-term trip, like a two or three months, or did you go straight into working? I really wanted to do like a two to three month trip before I started working. Um, but it, it worked out that right at the start of, of 2018, as I was finishing up school, that I got uh, an internship with a company called Northwestern Mutual. And um, it was basically like the perfect fit for, for me at the time. I knew that I wasn't really going to get the opportunity to do two to three months. Um, it was going to be hard to make that happen and still keep the internship and, yeah. and uh, you know, start, start my career on a good foot. I, I didn't get to do a big trip, but I did, I think I spent like a week and a half or I went to I went to the East Coast. I went to to Maryland, to Washington D.C., Virginia, um, for like five or six days uh, right after I graduated, and then I took basically like a week to drive uh, back home to to Yakima. Um, so I went I went to all those national parks. Mm. I went out into Nevada a little bit um, and just kind of made a meandering road trip back home uh, nice. over that time. Yeah, but I still I still really wish that I that I could have made that happen to just take three months and disappear. <laughs> still possible. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely is possible. Okay, 
So we're going to talk, I've got here like three countries at your 30 that you travel to up to this point that maybe you want to touch on that maybe is your favorites and maybe why. So what's the yeah. first country you'd mention? So this is always such a, such a hard question to answer because yeah. um, they're all so different and I love them for, for different reasons. I, I always say my, my number one is, is probably New Zealand. Uh, um, of course. Yeah. I loved it down there. Yeah. Uh, I think I spent about 10 days there, got to travel most of the country and just absolutely fell in love with it. I mean, mm. it's every landscape that you want and it's all beautiful. Um, the people are really friendly. Yeah. There's just, there's so much you can do. And if you want to get away from people, you can do that there too, but you do have the yeah. big cities. Um, yeah. You got everything there and I definitely would go back and, and I could see myself living there for sure. What was like your favorite spot in New Zealand? Do you think? Oh man, I really loved uh, traveling across the South Island. I think seeing Mount Cook uh, okay. was, yeah. was amazing. The the lakes that are there um, mm. as you're as you're driving out there are just stunning. Um, I mean, you got the the lupins uh, that are that are growing around the lakes, and the lake is like almost white because it's it's just so cold and you know <laughs> running off the mountains there. That was a magical place for sure. Yeah, that scene of Mount Cook over the lake. There's like a car park and there's like a little church there and stuff. You look over the lake, pretty spectacular. South Island is is something else. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, I mean, really any place there. I, I loved uh, the like Rotorua area. Oh yeah, um, North Island, that was yeah. beautiful. Um, and I got to see the uh, the glowworms that are there. Uh, I don't remember exactly where those are at. Waitomo. Waitomo Caves. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was really cool as well. Um, that, that was a very unique experience too. Yeah, I think if you can get half a day, I think someone should go to Waitomo Caves and just walk through them and have a yeah. look. Maybe half a day is a bit too long, but uh, it's a magical sight. Have to yeah, do it. well worth the stop, for sure. Yeah, and can Americans get work visas in New Zealand? Um, mm -hmm. You can. Yeah, I think uh, New Zealand, Australia, for sure. Okay. Um, and I think a few places in Europe too. Yeah. Do Americans go to these countries for work visas much, or is it still like an unknown? Thing? Um, I would guess that it's probably not as popular as um as people from the UK and Canada yeah. going there. I I know I know Americans have done it. I've talked to some who have mm -hmm. who have done that. Um, but it's it's definitely not super super common by any means. God. Which is sad. <laughs> yeah, it's a gold opportunity for a year just to. Work yeah. a bit and travel a bit in a, an amazing country. Yeah. I'm honestly thinking, hey, hey, I might as well do that now. I still have a chance to do it. So, yeah, I do send podcasts if you're, I'm too old now to get them. And I've had them as well, um, even though they just changed the rules, but different story. But yeah, if you're before 31 or 35, depending on the country you're, at, you're from, it's, it's a golden opportunity to just go and travel and work for a year in a different country. Yeah, for sure. I'm running out of time, but I could still do it. So yeah. that might happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I did meet uh, someone from Washington in Australia, actually. He got a work visa in Australia just to go and surf so he could work, oh, wow. work a bit <laughs> and then surf. That's all he's doing. <laughs> That's the dream. Yeah, yeah, that absolute dream, right? Uh, yeah, he's a pretty cool guy. Um, okay. Uh, what about a second country? Yeah, second country. I think I would pick Guatemala for some of the reasons I mentioned already. Um, it was it was really impactful to be there. Everyone was was so friendly. Honestly, it, it's a beautiful country. Uh, we got to 
Um, we got to explore a lot. Got to go to Antigua, uh, Panahachel, in, in different parts of Western Guatemala. I remember uh, we in Panahachel we zip lined uh, above the town, and there's this huge lake there. And then on the opposite side are these three volcanoes that are sticking out. And you're just zip lining, like, you know, above the forest, above the town, and you're just staring at this lake and volcanoes in the background. And it was just so magical. Oh. Um, I, that was that was a great view, a great day. <laughs> oh, I mean, what, when you look at Guatemala and then like Google, for example, pitch is incredible. Yeah, yeah, I definitely would want to go back and explore more of the eastern side and, and some of the like the Mayan ruins out there. Mm. Um, it's it's I think it's pretty different on the eastern side compared to the west. The west is much more mountainous and and lakes and stuff like that. The east is very flat. Okay. And then I would say for a third country, I, I just recently went to to Cuba earlier this year. Ah, um, that's great. Okay, far away because I've got some questions. We might go there in November. So uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hear this. Highly recommend. It is definitely not the all the negative things that that we yeah. might hear. Um, I absolutely loved it. Uh, the most friendly people I've ever met uh, traveling. Old Town Havana is is such a fun place. Uh, there's so much, honestly, really fascinating to see a lot of the kind of old, uh, the old Cuba. Uh, you can you can really see like the different eras of Cuba's history. Got it. Uh, all in the same area together. You got the the very old like imperial. Uh, type of structures and stuff like that, and then you have the under the uh, the dictatorship rule there, and uh, under the Castros, and then you have like some of this modern stuff that has come in, and it's all just right next to each other and, and melted together, and it's such a fascinating country, uh, really really wild history, yeah. and uh, yeah, I would I would go back in a heartbeat for sure. How long were you there for? Uh, we were there a week, which. What was a good time to be there? If you want to go explore elsewhere in the country, that's a lot harder to do. But I, I would have loved to, you know, kind of drive along the coast and, and see more of more of the country outside of the Havana area. But if I need more time. I think it's a challenge of us. I think I do want to stay like three weeks and then obviously Havana's a must and you will see it because you fly into there. But I want to see or try to get to other areas of the country that would be pretty cool i think yeah i, I definitely uh would go back and try to do that it, it might be different for canadians and, and british people but um for americans i think you have to be with like some sort of tour guide to be able to do that ah, okay yeah that's i don't think you us. can just yeah i don't think you can just go and and be a tourist per se yeah uh, we, we have like i had to fill out a visa and basically say that i'm going there to support the cuban people yeah i'm not i wasn't there for tourism even though that's why i was there <laughs> but yeah, <fair. laughs> um, which is still supporting you know the people of course you know yeah, we're yeah. bringing our money there and everything but uh yeah they said that we couldn't just like go hang out at the beach kind okay. of thing admittedly i've not looked into that but i don't think it's the same for uk people to be yeah. part of a tour um, a lot of people do go on a tour anyway because it's just a bit easier logistically i think uh, for cuba but i want to see how how you can do it be quite interesting yeah I, I think you could do it solo or you know just you and a partner it might be it might be a little bit difficult i i enjoyed having a local tour guide he was his name was ivan he was awesome mm. um highly recommend him um 
and he just he just made it so much easier to get around plus he knew everyone in yeah. Havana somehow and so he was just like hey like hooking us up with everything and he had all the ins to, to everything he wanted to do and see so it worked out really well and did you need spanish it's definitely uh it, it was nice having uh ivan there who obviously is from there and, and could speak spanish very well I, a lot of people could speak english to some extent okay um especially especially the younger people that they, they could we could get by with each other yeah um many of the older generations that was it was you needed to have spanish to talk to them yeah and was it fairly cheap yeah very cheap okay um everything is is very inexpensive there man i don't even know if i spent four hundred dollars the the entire week uh and that's including like buying a lot of mojitos and oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> different you know cuban cigars and stuff like that um it, everything was very inexpensive wow okay and someone told me you do need cash because i don't think the atms work that much or at all yeah cash is king um definitely did not have access to my debit or credit cards down there yeah it might i know there's some banks that you can get through down there mm. um i think they're like german banks or russian banks like yeah uh I, I definitely recommend cash for sure lovely and how was the coffee in like havana uh, yeah coffee was great every morning started with an espresso oh. uh, <laughs> yeah it was it was really good um i really enjoyed it down there uh especially if you if you paired it uh with uh cigar and then yeah. a little Cuban rum, and then a little coffee at the end. Cool, dream. Yeah, that was perfect. Cuban rum style. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really high on my list. I think we will try and do it this year um, after a road trip, uh, depending on timings. I yeah, think highly recommend. The hurricane season will just about finish, so I think we can get away with it in November. Yeah, it looks amazing. Excited about that. That's great to hear. Cuba looks a great country, and again, it's another country that needs to be talked about because sometimes have mm. negative connotations but everyone i speak to loves it yeah i didn't meet anyone there who hated the us at all everyone loved america i i feel like it's it's beginning to change a lot more i, I know the us changed like kind of lifted some of the restrictions mm. uh when obama was president and so it's it's beginning to change and open up more and obviously uh fidel passed away and i think raul is close to passing away or something i don't know but right you can you can see that the especially the younger generation now that they're coming into to age and everything that life is beginning to change there and, and things are starting to open up a lot more and yeah like i said the friendliest people that i've ever met um mm. i i felt 100 safe the entire time no issues everyone yeah. was more than welcoming that's awesome to hear that's great okay and what's next for your travels like later this year going into next year yeah um so i have a, a big one coming up i am going to in november uh i am trekking to everest base camp oh you're doing it eh? you're going for it yeah okay. yeah so that will be uh Wowzers. i think altogether it's about three weeks um yeah. that it takes to get up and down um so that's gonna be that's gonna be a really fun adventure i'm i'm excited for that that's awesome um, yeah and then uh when i when i come back from that uh, on my way back, I'm planning to have to uh, transfer through uh, Doha. So I'm going to spend a couple of days there and then probably go down to Dubai and then go through probably Central Europe on the way home. 
Yeah. Um, so knock off a few, a few other countries, explore <laughs> a little bit more uh, to add on to the trip since I am going so far uh, away. But that, that one I'm really looking forward to. It should be a blast. And how long is that trip in total? Altogether, it's going to be about a month. Nice. Yeah, it's a good, yeah. good amount of time. Because it is quite far. Moving here, you realize how far Nepal and India is? It's just like the other side oh of the gosh. world. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, from Seattle to Doha, it's like 15 hours. And then it's another five hours from Doha to Kathmandu. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd be amazing. But a, lo- a local in Langtang was telling me, no, nah, this is better than base camp. Don't go to base camp. <laughs> I was like, what, what do you mean? He goes, well, here in Langtang, the, the weather is constantly great in the morning. So he said, if you're out by 5 or 5.30 for sunrise, at least until 1pm, you're going to get clear skies, snow-capped mountains, whatever. He said, Everest, it can change really quickly and the area is not as yeah. defined for its weather. I said, oh, but you still would get to see Everest, I think. Like, it, yeah. <laughs> what one good day in the base camp area? That's great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a bit, bit of rivalry there. But I think he's kind of joking, but yeah, it looks incredible. My fear is is that when I go, uh, so I really have no desire to to actually climb Everest. Oh, no. Um, yeah. But my fear is that when I get there, I'm going to be like, oh, it's not that far. I, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's just the way that my my mind works when i once i achieve something i'm like oh, i could probably do more <laughs> <laughs> just keep pushing to, to crazier and crazier heights yeah just another three thousand meters to go yeah, yeah. Up, up yeah there's only a bunch of dead bodies on the way up yeah i know yeah not much to see. yeah yeah it'd be easy just walk up <laughs> have you been to Kathmandu before nope nope never been um yeah i haven't got to go to that i haven't got to go to india and in nepal yet Okay. Well, the tourist area is Tamil in Kathmandu. Uh, it's full of okay. like, lo- local shops and restaurants and uh, your espresso coffee shops if you need it and stuff like there that. There we go. It's a mix. <laughs> um, yeah, you'll have to send me those uh, afterwards um, since yeah. you were just there. Yeah. Uh, get some good recommendations. And I assume you've booked a guide for your tour. Yeah, so I, I'm going with, uh, with a few other people that I know locally and then... Um, yeah, we have a, a guide that one of the ladies I'm going with knows very well. Cool. That's good. Um, because that is a must in Nepal, but in that area, they're not actually enforcing it. So the rule changed this year because previously to April, you could just go up and do any trek on your own. Oh, wow. Uh, and then April 1st this year, they said, no, you've got to have a guide with you. But they haven't really enforced it on the ground. Langtang, you don't need it. You could probably get away with it, but it's a risk. Because they're technically yeah. enforcing it, but in the base camp area, Everest area, they're, they're like, "No, we don't agree with it. <laughs> We're not going to enforce it." <laughs> so it's like it's like to yeah. and fro in between the government and local guides and people. So it's interesting. But I think for uh, base camp, you'd want a local or guide. Um, yeah, I, a, I, I would. Yeah, I think just just to learn about you know some of yeah. the local culture and traditions and stuff, I would love to yeah, just have a guide there who's local. Yeah, I think that's a good choice. Um, going back to Cuba really quick. That that's kind of how a lot of Cuba is like, there's a lot of laws and regulations and, uh, you know, things in place that are all on the books, but not really enforced that much. <laughs> yeah. Hard and soft rules. My friend called it. Yeah. He lives, he lives yeah. in Spain. I think he says the same. Uh, there. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that's great. And anything in 2024? Yeah. I've traveled with, um, with a group called FTLO, uh, recently, um, the last, few international trips i've done including cuba 
And um, I've made some really good friends from that. And so we've all kind of stayed in touch over the last shoot nine months since we've um, first met each other in Morocco. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're, we're all planning to go to uh, Jordan in, I want to say October, 2024. I remember the exact dates. So that, that should be a blast. That's another country I've, I've really wanted to go to for a long time. Yeah. Um, and hopefully I'll get to knock out some other ones in that area, like Egypt or something like that along the yeah. way. That's great. Yeah. We spent two weeks in Jordan this year and that was incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're, you're like basically doing all the trips that I'm, I want to go on. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just going to follow this guy around. <laughs> uh, it's just been a big year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's nothing much previous years, but yeah, this year has been big for that. Um, I'm just finishing my blog on Jordan actually, cause that's a quite a big itinerary. Um, okay. Yeah. We don't, we've, take a look at that. We done it ourselves. We didn't do any tour, but um, you can do either there. The funniest people and most welcoming as well. All speak English. All want to make sure you see the best spots. So uh, yeah, it's a fantastic way to go and start the Middle East if you've not been there before. Uh, for anyone else who's listening, yeah, love it. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, great time to go October, just after the summer. So it won't be too hot. Yeah, yeah and uh, I guess other like smaller trips. Um, one one of my goals now that I've traveled to all 50 states in the U.S. is to travel to all the national parks uh yeah um and so I, I think i have like 40 to go so i'm i'm working on hopefully this year i'll be able to knock out a few more and then 2024 i'll try to do a, a you know a few more of them okay. so some more some more u.s travel as well that's great that's awesome yeah yeah get those ticked off every state it's a fantastic achievement yeah thank you it was it was fun i i didn't expect to do it so soon but opportunities for presented themselves and take yeah. advantage <laughs> that's the that is the mantra of travel i think take advantage yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay that's great so we're gonna delve into your podcast because i guess some of the questions kind of relate to that um so your podcast our travel experiences podcast tell the listeners uh, what it's about and how often do you release an episode is it guests or solos and yeah what do you talk about yeah definitely so um our travel experiences podcast um i started it just to you know have something something like what you're doing right here is um just kind of talk travel with with friends and and family and anyone who wants to share their their travel stories um like i said at the beginning you know i really i feel like i have a responsibility to to share the world with others and and so i wanted to create a you know a platform for that mm. i think also um you know having been on a lot of these trips and and seeing a lot of different places i i really have struggled over the years with coming home and you know being around people who haven't traveled yeah um it, it's hard to try to relate to to someone that hasn't traveled and so i wanted to to find it you know a community of, of people that have had some similar experiences who know what it's like and so yeah i started the podcast at the start of 2022 and uh i release an episode every wednesday um usually every wednesday morning west coast time every every fifth episode I do a solo episode that's that's usually one of my experiences, but the other four episodes are our guests. Um, some of them are like really close friends or family members. Some uh, like you, I just, I meet on Instagram and I'm like, this guy looks really cool. It looks like he's done some amazing travels. I'd love to talk to him. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's fun. There's no really structure to it. Some people have, you know, themes like they're, their Instagram is all about like mm. hiking in the mountains. And so we just focus yeah. on that, or maybe it's all like one specific country or something. Mm -hmm. And so 
we'll just kind of focus on one topic if that's the case. But um, yeah, it's a blast. It's it's fun. I get to meet people like you, so it's it's a real fun experience. Yeah, how's it been in terms of like the admin? Has it been tough? Has it been a lot of work? Uh, it was more work than I was expecting <laughs> <laughs> getting into it, but it, it's not too bad. I, I really should do uh, probably like more marketing and structure behind it, but mm. you know, it's honestly just it's just a fun thing to do. It's yeah. fun to talk about. Um, and I would say at this point, you know, I'm almost uh, 80 episodes into it. I have kind of the system down that that works really well and fits with everything else I have going on in my life. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's good, but I'm always looking to, you know, to, you know, find new and exciting ways to, uh, to make the podcast happen and make it bigger. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Keep doing it. It's great to see because a lot of podcasters do stop. I don't want to say give up, but they just stop because it's tough time, effort, uh, maybe not seeing the figures that you want to see of how many people listen. You can get bogged down by those stats, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, when I first started, I heard a stat that was like most podcasts stop after seven episodes or something like that. Mm. And I was like, well, I'm going to just try to get more than seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's the first <laughs> uh, step. Yeah. yeah. And I think, um, I think what really helped at the start was uh, I banked a lot of episodes. Um, yeah, so I, I think I had maybe like five recorded before I even released the first one. Mm. So I had kind of a head start and I didn't have to worry about oh, shoot, I need to get an episode out this week. I need to find someone really quick. Um, I have gone through that uh, at various points throughout the, you know, this journey. Yeah. But um, that I could see that being really difficult uh, to keep up with. But if you get ahead of the game, I think it's it's really manageable. Yeah, ahead of the game is key. I've actually struggled to keep ahead of the game traveling. That's actually quite hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, with, yeah. with like guest episodes, because they're like, a nightmare to arrange but like like today for example we had a, like a date booked and i couldn't do it because i was camping and no wi-fi and i had to like yeah. try and figure out where i'm going to be with a good uh, good signal so it's challenging that's always the hard part um it's like i don't know if i'm gonna have wi-fi access like during this time so yeah. like, we'll see if it happens it's also like the time differences between places it can be really hard yeah okay and alongside that you released a book so tell us about that yeah yeah so gosh a lot of these things kind of happen all at, all at once um they all just kind of like built together um so i always had this dream um of writing like one of my life goals was to become a published author yeah i want to say it was like my freshman or sophomore year of college I, like one night just like i was thinking about travel and like planning trips and stuff like that and uh i kind of started shaping this idea of, of writing a travel advice book but having it be kind of really general and looking at different aspects of travel while also implementing my stories as the examples mm. um and so i just like i had sort of an outline of like thing or different topics that i figured i would put in the book um and did nothing with it for eight years <laughs> wow. um and then uh COVID happened and yeah. That, that changed a lot of things in my life, um, as did for most people. It shut down travel uh, for the most part. And um, when it started opening back up, it was, it was um, I think, September 2021, mm. uh, when I was able to travel internationally again for the first time since COVID happened. I went on that trip uh, to Italy, just really, really loved it. Um, met a lot of great people on that trip. It just, it really motivated me. I was like, you know what? 
life is too short. Obviously, we see that with this pandemic, like nothing is guaranteed. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. Now's the time to do this if we want to make it happen. I also have no other responsibilities. I have no kids, <laughs> you know, no spouse. This is the time to try to do this. And so I came back home from that trip and was super motivated. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to make this happen. And so every day, my goal is to write 500 words. And some days I didn't actually hit that. Some days I wrote 2000 words. Um, but I, I was just consistent with every day. I'm going to put something on the paper. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say like February of 2022, I had basically, uh, you know, had written the book. Um, I was probably 45,000 words into it. And um, it just so happened that like I had just started the podcast because, um, you know, I had, was thinking about travel all the time. So I was, I was writing and just was like, I want to talk about it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I met this local author here in Yakima and she had published, I think she was in the middle of publishing her fourth book the time uh not about travel at all but it was just perfect timing that i was like i'm getting close to being done with this like pretty much have said all that i wanted Mm -hmm. to say now i need to figure out i have no idea how you actually publish a book and so i met with with her her name's ellen she kind of walked me through she's like yeah this is my process this is what it's kind of like this is how it all works um and that was really really helpful for me um and so i started uh you know looking into the publishing process I sent the manuscript. I sent it to one uh, one publisher, I think, down in California, and they like had this whole laundry list of things you have to put together. It was really annoying. But <laughs> the second publisher I sent it to, they were just like, "Send us your manuscript, and we'll get back to you." So I was like, "Okay, well, that's easy. I can just yeah email it to them." So I emailed that to them, and then I was about to go to Colombia, um, and so I flew down to Colombia and had been there for a couple of days in Bogota. And I was traveling from Bogota to Cartagena and I was in the airport. My flight got delayed and I was like, okay, I have some time. I can start sending to other publishers. Um, Ellen told me that it was probably going to take, you know, sending it to 25, 30 publishers before you get accepted. Um, Maybe more. I was in the middle of sending it to that third publisher and I got an email from the second one that I had sent it to. And they said, Hey Kyle, we'd love to have you as part of our portfolio. We love the book. Um, you know, let's set up a time to meet all this logistical stuff. And so I'm I'm by myself in the Bogota <laughs> airport, uh, on the ground, just looking like an idiot. I'm like, I'm over there, like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, all excited. Um, I'm sure everyone was like, what is wrong with this guy? Uh, <laughs> so then it was really crazy because I was in Colombia for like a week and a half. And then I was in Panama. And so like during those like two weeks, I was like emailing the publisher back and forth, like trying to talk about contract and process and all of that. They sent the contract over. And, and as I was getting back into the U.S., um, I was able to, to sign that contract and we started the publishing process. And so that's been a whole other journey. It's That's been really fun and stressful to go through as well. Yeah. But uh, yeah, officially February of, of this year, 2023, um, that that book uh, was published, and now it's now it's out and, and for sale on basically everywhere. I got the audiobook version up too, which is really fun. Um, and yeah, just actually last week or about maybe two weeks ago now, I hit 100 
copies sold. Oh, nice. Uh, so super exciting. Uh, it's, it's been a really, really fun journey. And what's the book called? Uh, it's called Travel Tips, a 20-somethings comprehensive guide for traveling in the modern world. It's, I think it's a fun book. You know, it's, I think people who haven't traveled at all would get the most out of it because mm. it is basic, like, um, you know, planning for a trip, like here's some tips and tricks or, um, you know, like uh, driving, like here's some things to think about or flying. Um, there's so much to think about flying. Um, but I think anyone would enjoy it. Um, I definitely wanted to incorporate the modern perspective. So, you know, I, I'm talking about credit cards and Uber and, mm. uh, you know, using Google Maps and things like that uh, along your trip as well. Um, and then it's got, you know, pictures and stories and stuff in it. So I, I think it's a lot of, a lot of fun. That's great. I'll put the link in the show notes so people can yeah. uh, access that and hopefully buy it. That'd be great. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, I need to sell a lot more to break even on this book, but <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's part of the contract, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, I, I wasn't expecting to make any money. I, I just, I was happy that, it's you published. know, something that was a big thing for me to do in my life, what happened you know at, at 26 years old yeah yeah that's incredible yeah that's a great achievement that congratulations thank you and where can people find yourself for the, either the book or the podcast in terms of website or social media um yeah so i'm uh i'm on instagram mainly uh, and that's our travel experiences podcast um i have a website our our travel exp.com trying to think i don't really use a lot of other social media i should um haven't got on the threads trend yet but i'm, I'm gonna look into that <laughs> uh yeah and then people can email me our travel experiences at outlook.com um or just yeah if you find me on instagram that's the best place i'll i'll definitely respond to you on there in terms of blogging you do release a blog as well right uh yeah so i have a, a monthly newsletter that's um it. so people can sign up for that if again if you message me send me your email um i'll put you on that list um that has different links to uh, I have a few different like affiliations um, that people can sign up for discounts and yeah. uh, different links. Um, and then uh, I do I do blog a little bit. I'm not super consistent with it. I should be uh, better with that. But I do have a blog on my on my website, and um, I also have started incorporating more of like just like achieving various goals, like not not just travel, but mm. more of like life yeah uh coaching type of, of stuff as well so I, I feel like it's kind of expanded in that in that route as well yeah that's awesome okay so we're going to finish the episode on some quickfire travel questions so okay these are, these are random <laughs> and just like what comes into your mind yeah i'm gonna start off with a question i didn't ask in the interview but it's good for now hey yeah just a quick one i just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast you can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with TeePublic, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as T-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast, and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcast, and other stuff. Thank you. It's travel question time. The most challenging 
country to travel to. Morocco was actually a lot easier than I expected. It still is on the more difficult side, but you can get around fairly easily there. Getting into Russia and being in Russia, I was super glad to have someone who spoke Russian. Um, that was a very intense uh, border crossing, and uh, I, I was I was glad to have someone there who spoke Russian for sure. Yeah, I think it has to be that then. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Top three countries that you've not traveled to that are next on your hit list that you'd love to go to. Japan would be in there. Kind of just more of Africa in general. I think Egypt would be amazing, um, but also getting down to the south. So South Africa, Zimbabwe, you know, Namibia, Angola, those places would be really fun as well. Probably Chile. Yeah. Place. Okay. Uh, what about top three favorite cuisines that you've experienced? Ooh. Uh, I got to put Italy number one. Italian cuisine, I mean, you can't go wrong. Every place you go is going to be really yeah. good. Uh, somehow, even with all the walking that I did on that trip in 2021, I still gained weight over there because I was eating yeah. everything in sight. Uh, gelato every night. <laughs> <laughs> French uh, cuisine is really good as well. I'm trying to think. I, I love, uh, you know, uh, Asian food. So, and, and I think it's different everywhere you go to. Yeah. Um, so traveling around there, I got to try so many different uh, types of, of food. Um, some of them, I have no idea what the names are, but uh, they were all good. So um, <laughs> yeah, Southeast Asia, that was, that was a great spot. Okay. Uh, which country has the best coffee that you've experienced? Ah, uh, this is one. I, I love following your, uh, your trendy coffee. Oh, you follow it? oh nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a huge coffee fan, so yeah. I love getting coffee wherever I go. I would say, I mean, I really enjoyed Italy again, France. I would not say the U.S., unfortunately. Um, Colombia was, well, I would say Colombia. Um, yeah. Especially we got to, I got to go to a coffee farm and, and learn the entire process and like mm. help with the process. And um, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun too. Okay. And more specifically, if you could pick a city to sit and drink coffee, where would you sit? Man pretty much anywhere like with a good view like of the water below or anything like that um actually one place i did sit and drink coffee and it was it was amazing was uh in tangier morocco oh, um, perfect view like early in the morning watching the sunrise over the water over the mediterranean just sipping on some coffee that was that was pretty amazing <laughs> dream okay yeah. what about a favorite beach favorite beach oh man in Maui, um, I don't I don't know the names anymore. I could I could Google it, but um, the beaches there are amazing. Um, one of my favorite places in the entire world is Coronado Island in San Diego. Um, okay. Coronado Beach is, I mean, it's nothing like special, but like the sand is perfect. Um, especially if you watch a sunset there, you can sip a cocktail at the the famous hotel there. I, I love going there. Every time I'm in San Diego, I, I go there and relax, hang out. It's it's the best. Okay. And talking about US, three favorite states that you traveled in. I'm going to take Washington out of the equation. Although yeah, Washington, Washington is, yeah. yeah. I would definitely put it up there for sure. But uh, Colorado uh, is number one, probably. Amazing mountains. You have the, honestly, you have a lot in in Colorado, you got the mountains right there. You got the big cities. You got the super small cities in, in the West, um, and the very mountainous and uh, regions out West. Um, you got the sand dunes uh, down in uh, Southern Colorado, and then you have the Great Plains out to the east. Um, but it's it's so beautiful from top to bottom there. Number two, I would probably put like New Hampshire or Maine. 
Uh, honestly, uh, the, the whole New England area even, in general, yeah. highly recommend going for the fall, uh, seeing the colors changing there. Actually, any time of year, but so beautiful up there. Uh, the rolling green hills, oh. um, all the trees everywhere. In, in Maine, uh, you have the coast, Acadia National Park, mm-hmm. um, just absolutely stunning. And then I would probably say last one, I think California. California has so much to offer. Um, You have, again, everything there. You got the big cities. You got, you know, you got Hollywood. You got the bright lights. You got the beach. You got mountains. You have um, the desert out there. You have really huge forests. I mean, it's it's pretty wild. And what about a country that you've not lived in before that you've lived in for a year? I'd probably say like somewhere in Central America or South America. I could see myself living in, in Colombia, maybe. Uh, for a year um, I really loved Cartagena and that that area lived kind of the, the island life a little bit or maybe down in like Argentina or Chile somewhere down there and I, I think that'd be fun to uh, to get to be there for a year and uh, I've always wanted to be good at Spanish um, <laughs> never it's never stuck in my brain enough um, so it'd be fun to just go there and learn learn Spanish for a year that's great and the last question is if you could tell someone in one or two senses why they should travel and the reasons that you should go, what would you say? Yeah. Um, gosh, there's so many reasons to travel. <laughs> I think I, I really believe that when we travel, we help uh, not only ourselves, but the rest of the world. So we help the people that we visit and then coming home, we help bring a new perspective to our home life. Um, so I think it makes the world smaller uh, in a good way and helps us really see the world for how it truly is not what you know we see on the media and things like that so i think it really helps you appreciate life when you travel so i think i think that's why (laughs) that's a fantastic way to end the podcast so kyle thanks for coming to the podcast it's been a great travel chat yeah nice and easy to talk about some of our favorite places and share some stories it's been a really really nice chat thank you Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I I really enjoyed it. Um, Amazing how fast the time flew by. Uh, We'll we'll definitely have to do this in in person over some some coffee as well. I'll see you on the road trip. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'll keep keep you posted, but that'd be great to do it in person, right? Yeah, that'd be awesome. Thanks so much. For sure. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you for listening to my Winging It Travel podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Winging It Travel podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode, as well as photos from the last eight to 10 years of my travels. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook, and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel Podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website, jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels, and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling, and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.